Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bhatti, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. I'm excited to introduce my guest on today's show, none other than Dr. Laurie Grossman, President of the Board of Directors of the National Centre for Homeopathy in the US. Laurie's resume is stunning and her service to homeopathy has been incredible to date. Laurie is a health and wellness expert for over 30 years and is on a number of advisory boards and has been instrumental in bringing homeopathy to healthcare in the US. She has a wealth of homeopathic experience from speaking engagements around the world, teaching homeopathy, radio interviews, seminars and TV projects. In 2009 and 2010, Laurie volunteered her services working for Homeopaths Without Borders. And this included spending time in Trinidad in 2009 and being a project coordinator in Haiti in 2010. Laurie has spent time in the company of Louis Klein from Canada, George Vithilkas in Greece, Rajan Sankaran in India and Jeremy Scher from England. Laurie, in the words of your social media reels, I would like to say hi Laurie and welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for that um, very warm greeting and um, for all of those who don't know the inside joke, I do recordings with um Gabby Reyes, who also is on the staff of the National Center for Homeopathy. And whenever we do a recording, she always starts with, hi, Laurie. And so I I want to welcome everyone by saying hi to all of you. Hi, Laurie. I love it. I, it's so catchy. As I as I did send you an email on this, actually, didn't I? I said it's it's very, very catchy. And you just want to say it just out of the blue to somebody oh. who isn't even Laurie. and long may that continue too well thank you very much thank you now i must say to the listeners you're probably wondering i've never had a guest who's had such a lengthy introduction so uh laurie you're the first indeed well boy oh boy well thank (laughs) you very much thank you i i think part of it really comes from the fact that when i discovered homeopathy nobody knew about it so I really started on a very um, wiggly journey, for lack of a better word, mm. because I had to look here and I had to look there. And, you know, it was before the internet, you just couldn't Google homeopathy schools or homeopathy doctors or homeopathy anything. Mm. And I really, um, each little step got me very excited. And I thought, wow. If I just go to Greece and meet George Vithulkas, then I could learn homeopathy. And then someone said, well, there's more homeopathy in France. And so, okay, well, then let me go to France. And then 
someone said to me, well, you know, back in the U.S., um, Amy Rothenberg and Paul Herskew are really not that far from you. And they started a school in homeopathy. So I was like, really? And then I heard about Roger Morrison and Nancy Herrick on the West Coast. And I, it was a crazy journey, but I guess the, the silver lining that goes through the whole thing is that I got to meet some extraordinary homeopaths from all parts of the world. And that um, allowed me to, number one, stay open-minded and learn from very different teachers. And um, also to meet the homeopathic community from here, there, and everywhere. So I consider it, it wound up being a really um, positive thing in my life. You know, it's, uh, as you were saying that, I was just thinking at a young age, when somebody does endeavor to go here, there, and, and like you have done, and and meet different homeopaths, the thought may crop in your mind sometimes that, oh, it's going to take six months out of my life. But now looking back, that six months or year or two years, whatever that period was, is so critical because you have met so many people. And that's like the most powerful foundation for, for you going forward, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. And actually, there was another twist. When I wanted to study with Roger Morrison and Nancy Herrick, they would only teach people who had a doctorate in their training. Hmm. And I hadn't had a doctorate yet. And I had heard that medical doctors who were studying homeopathy, there was a threat in the U.S. at the time that they could lose their license. So I thought, well, I can't do that. And I considered naturopathic school, but naturopathy was not uh, legal in New York State, which was where I lived. And so I came up with this cockamamie idea. I'd go to chiropractic school because the chiropractors will be open-minded. And so I went back to school for four years to take the requirements for chiropractic school, then four years of chiropractic school, then four years after chiropractic school to get the money to fly cross country. So that added another 12 years onto the journey. But that allowed me to meet an infinite sea of chiropractors who I trained in homeopathy. So it's a nutty journey, but as you know, you said it had a lot of benefits. You know, again, as as you said that, you know, the first thing that popped into my mind was that, and this is again for for the listeners as well. When you actually look at what you've just heard is twelve years, and that's a very long time. But when you look at what uh, Dr. Laurie has actually achieved, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, of course, but when you actually read of some of the things that she's done and she's been able to achieve, it's like those 12 years pale into insignificance because you've done so much. And it's amazing. I mean, there's pages of work, uh, basically of text. You know, you've done this, you've done seminars and TV projects. And of course, we're going to talk about a big TV project uh, very soon. And um, and then the work of the National Center, and then um, so much collaborative work that's going on, and uh, you're on so many advisory boards. It's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, you've achieved so much in such a in such a short space of time. You can tell how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it reflects only one thing. I was gobsmacked when I discovered homeopathy. Um, you, you have in preparing this podcast, you mentioned that you were going to ask me about the story of my son. So if you don't mind, I'll 
tell it to you now. Absolutely. Um, before I knew about homeopathy, I had a baby, an infant, and I laid my infant down for um, a nap. And please bear with me, listeners, if any of you have heard this story before, but the nap was going on a little longer than normal, which as a new mom was thrilling because that meant I probably could take an, a shower and wash my whole body um, or do some you know, laundry or whatever. Anyway, but it started getting creepily long and I went near the baby to check on him and his body was on fire. Um, fast forward, we went to the doctor. His temperature was 105.6. At that time, I had no medical training whatsoever. And so I thought, oh my God, is this going to lead to long-term brain injury? I had no idea. And then eventually after the whole visit, the doctor gave him something homeopathic. Now, this doctor had some training in Germany. That's why he knew about homeopathy. And they, pay, they placed some homeopathic pellets on my son's tongue. And then the doctor handed me David and said, here, mommy, hold him. And I actually thought at that point he was handing me my baby so that if he passed away, he would die in my arms. I mean, David was just a rag doll. And I was holding him and five minutes later, he sat up and he just smiled as though nothing happened. I was astonished. I was speechless. It wasn't just that he came back from, I thought, a place that he might never return from. It was that it happened so gently. You know, I'm not talking about no toxic side effects. It was just so gentle. And to me, to be able to work in that manner, I would have done anything. I, I literally would have done anything. That's a very emotionally charged story, and um, I, I've actually seen homeopathy save lives, literally. Just as and this is what happened to you, a life was saved. If you had not, you know, if if it had been any longer, perhaps with a with the temperature that at that height, you know very well, obviously, what other things can complications can develop, and how amazing, isn't it, that just some sweet pills or drops in the mouth. I mean, that's what you call true healing, is it not? I mean, what else can it be? It's just phenomenally deep and curative is the word to use. If it's not curative, how can you explain something? Yeah, well, you know, from that, the crazy part of the story is the, ne the very next day, I was walking down 96th Street in New York City. And as I'm walking, there was a flyer on a lamppost that was like slapping in the wind. And on it, it said class in homeopathic medicine. I went, oh my God, that's that stuff. Mm. Went home. I said to my mother, you're not going to believe this, but there is a class in that medicine that they used on David. And I got to go. And when I went to the class, the incredible part was that everybody was just taking notes like it was nothing. And I'm sitting there like, what am I not getting? Like there's 
a teenager with asthma in a video. And the teenager, they show the before, they show the after. The asthma is gone. And then there's an older woman who develops colitis, you know, in her mid midlife. And she gets better. And then there's a, you know, a, a, an elderly gentleman with paralyzing anxiety. <laughs> he gets better. And not just looking around the room because everybody's just taking notes. And like, I just can't believe what I'm witnessing. So I went up to the teacher and this is 1981. So I went up to the teacher and I said, where can you learn this stuff? And he said, anywhere but the U.S. It's popular in Asia. It's popular in parts of South America, parts of Europe. And that's what started my crazy journey. It was amazing. And look, my, my soul was moved. My soul was moved by that. I can, I can well imagine. It's, it's quite interesting that um, a lot of the guests, certainly on the on the homeopathy health show, even the, the well known homeopaths around the world, have all got a very similar type stories. You know, it's that personal experience, and it's almost like you know, it's destiny calling because that personal experience is what can never leave you having physically gone through something or a loved one seeing it and then believing it is totally different to perhaps um, hearing it third party you know oh somebody took and they got better but to witness it what a magnificent gem that is isn't it? well following up with that i'll add that whenever i teach homeopathy I always want to have samples of new remedies with me. Hmm. First of all, you take the woo-woo out of it. When you show someone, this is what it looks like. This is how you twist it open. You know, some companies manufacturing glass files where it's, you know, you twist it open and you could just shake the little pellets on your, you know, onto your hands. Other companies, you have to turn the tube upside down and twist it so the pellets drop one at a time. So you take the kind of like the awkward weirdness out of it, but then you bring a sample of a remedy that you know eventually almost anyone will use. Could be Arnica, something very simple. Because you could teach people all you want about homeopathy, but they won't get it until they experience it. And therefore, it behooves anyone, you know, like people say to me, you know, I've been trying to tell my sister to come for you to you for years. Well, I say to them, first of all, your sister has her own inner knowledge and your sister's going to decide for herself and please respect her. And that's number one. But number two, the best way to show someone is just give them one remedy. You know, if you know someone who has, you know, they drink a lot. They get hangovers. Give them Nux Vomica. You know, give them something that you think they'll be able to, you know, use and experience and see the results for themselves. Because otherwise, I don't think you can. It's like trying to teach someone what the color blue is. I don't think you could do it. I mean, maybe somebody does teach the color blue without showing someone blue. Um, but that's what I think teaching homeopathy without having someone experience is like. You know, it, I, I love what you just said. And, and the reason I, I love that is, one, it's tangible. You're making it tangible. But also the fact that um, when I talk to, when I have Zoom consultations with patients, 
I, I've literally got it on my right hand side. I've just picked it up. I show them this. I say, look, this is what the remedies, as an example, are, are going to look <laughs> like. Right. And and for those, unfortunately, who are only listening on the audio, I'm just showing uh, Laurie a bottle of the pills. And I have done that several times, as you probably know, in the podcasts. And uh, it makes it real. It makes it, oh, okay, we, we know now it's a, it's a bottle. It's going to have sweet pills or tablets or, or it might right. be a bottle of drops, but we know roughly what it is. And it's so important what you've said, because until you make it tangible, there's always that thing, what is it? And and it's like, people will sometimes say, is it herbal? And is it flowers? And, and is it, am I taking anything uh, toxic? And is there some physical substance in there? Um, but when you show them this, and then you talk about homeopathy, they say, oh, okay, that's fine. And that's such a plus point, isn't it? Because you've done some education there as well, which of course is quite enlightening for people and empowering. You know, um, the best way you can introduce homeopathy to somebody is to step into their shoes. If they're skeptic, then imagine you're being skeptic and say, if I was skeptic, would I really want to take something in my mouth that I have no idea if it is, you know, don't, don't be yourself. Don't, don't think, okay, I'm an open-minded person. I'll try anything. You know, I have, I have trust in my friends, but imagine being a skeptic. Imagine being someone who you only do things that are really the conventional route. Well, if you were a conventional thinker, You'd want to know what it looks like. You'd want to know what it feels like. You'd want to know what to expect. You'd want to know, is there a number I can call if I'm not so sure how to take it? You know, and all of those ways to support someone are wonderful. Just take out all the questions and the fears and you're halfway there. And then also respect someone for who they are. Never push it. That's I, I wouldn't want anybody to push anything on me. I can see you're a, an incredible teacher, lecturer, uh, just by what you're saying. And uh, in fact, what you've said has a lot of synergy with um, this this show, this homeopathy health show, because as you know, you know, I'm trying to make homeopathy accessible, current, tangible. So now people know what the homeopaths sound like, be they students, be they authors, teachers, lecturers, whatever they are, you know, or eminent homeopaths. And uh, I think that's so, so important. And you know, the work that you do, certainly, and the work that the National Center for Homeopathy is doing in the US, and we're going to, we're going to move to that shortly, actually, is, it's so vital. We're, we're now in a society very much that people are thinking, or certainly have moved or are moving or are looking to for everyday well-being, certainly, alternatives, where they think, do you know what, I, it must be something I can do at home. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons for this is, of course, that when the pandemic hit, um, certainly in the UK, we had a lockdown and we weren't able to meet one another. If you got sick, you got sick, literally. I mean, what do you do? And, uh, you know, that was a, a, a an eye opener because you think, well, there's got to be something that we can do. This is this is not the way that my life is going to end, God forbid, you know. Right. So something well, positive um, all this comes out, doesn't it? Of oh, without, it, without a doubt, it's like, I always say that the best way to start learning about homeopathy is to just go slow. Learn one remedy, try one remedy, use one remedy, and wait till you have a positive response to it. Then you add two. Then you might add three. 
And for anyone listening, um, I know that a lot of people uh, try homeopathy for a lot of different things, but I always think it's smartest to start easy. Start with first aid remedies. They're, they're almost like you can't go wrong with them remedies. They're simple to use. They're simple to um, select the proper remedy for various conditions don't start with colitis, don't start with eczema, you know, like don't start with, you know, anxiety disorder, start with something simple. And then you can, then you see the beauty of homeopathy. Then you see, wow, you know, I have never seen a bruise heal this quickly. You know, I, I, I recently had a terrible fall on the New York city sidewalk and um, a friend was with me. And I mean, I just, I didn't just fall. I should say I had a crash into a New York City sidewalk. I tripped. Ouch. And I applied Arnica and took Arnica right afterwards. And several days later, I had, a, a, my friend who was with me called me and said, so how bad does it look now? I said, you're not going to believe it. It's gone. I mean, there, there's no bruise absolutely no bruise and my friends i i can't believe it i saw you go down and that's how you learn homeopathy one simple remedy start with arnica which actually leads me on to how homeopathy is thriving in the u.s or does it i mean what is your take on with your experience and what have you seen as far as the changes in homeopathy and it's ex being accepted and being more people being aware of it over the last sort of several decades in the US. Well, I would say that when I first heard of homeopathy, it was it was you had to be like a magician to find discover homeopathy in the US or like all the powers that be must have wanted you to discover it because it was it was you know, it was hidden and underground and unheard of. Now, of course, homeopathy a hundred years ago was much more popular in the U.S. So it had gone, you know, when when the conventional medicines came out with psychiatric drugs and with penicillin and antibiotics that were helpful, then homeopathy went, you know, was less common because there were other things that you could turn to that worked or got rid of your symptoms, and so. From the time I discovered homeopathy, there was a steady increase in homeopathy awareness. There were health food stores. We have a funny system in the U.S. I know that in many other countries, you get homeopathic medicines at the pharmacy. In the U.S., for many, many years, starting from like the 1980s, the 1990s, um, even maybe the beginning of the 2000s, pretty much the, the place to get homeopathic medicines, this is before you could start getting them online, was in health food stores. Hmm. That's where you got it. And so homeopathy grew as more people saw something that might be able to help them in a health food store or a food co-op. So it was really associated with the back to the earth hippie movement in the US. That's what it was associated with. And the practitioners that recommended homeopathy were more frequently 
affiliated with more alternative holistic perspectives. Your acupuncturist might suggest it, your chiropractor might suggest it, your massage therapist might suggest it, something like that. And then there was, I guess, the incre- you know, it was like 1% of the US population even heard of the word homeopathy. But then as it increased, we got to 2% of the US population. And now you started to get more conventionally trained practitioners beginning to study homeopathy. So then you had courses for MDs and naturopaths and um, nurse practitioners and veterinarians who they started to study homeopathy. And so homeopathy increased, increased, increased. And now you started to see regular stores like Walgreens and CVS and Dwayne Reed. So these are very conventional pharmacies and um, markets that began carrying homeopathy. And we're kind of at a funny turning point now because it's almost as though we re- we're reaching a critical mass where if you don't know about homeopathy, well, someone you know knows someone you know who someone you know knows about homeopathy. So it's mm. definitely, it's it's one of the most widely expanding markets in the U.S. First of all, there you, you heard the journey I had to go on to find someone who could train me. Now we have homeopathy schools. There, there might be, you know, 10 or 12 in the U.S., and many of them have online courses. So even if you live in the middle of nowhere, you can study homeopathy. And now we have many, you know, FDA approved pharmacies and pharmacies that are registered with their state um, pharmacy associations that um, are selling uh, homeopathy online. So in, in kits, and you could get a first aid kit or a home remedy kit. And now there are even more um, people who are starting uh, just homeopathy programs, study groups online. Mm. So now it's much more accessible, especially, you know, after the pandemic where everybody got comfortable using Zoom. So now you can, it's, it's much easier to study homeopathy. So homeopathy is really growing. And then I pause because I think there is now that we're, re, you know, homeopathy was no uh, threat to anybody for so many years because hardly anybody heard of it. Mm. But I think we're reaching a point now where there are groups that, are um, that are taking aim at homeopathy and saying it's it's nonsense, it's all based on placebo. And therefore, some of our regulatory agencies, their inspections of homeopathic manufacturers are coming, they're becoming much more intense. They're asking for things that are much more difficult to provide. And so there is, there, although homeopathy, I think, is still growing, and it is still growing, there's certain, there are certain um, um, stores that are not carrying 
single remedies anymore or certain homeopathic medicines anymore because there's more concern. So I, I think that's a fair way to describe the current um, situation. Mm. But what's reassuring is the fact that, like you've so um, rightly said, the fact that with this online boom, it's accessible in every home. You know, just like any streaming service, you can actually learn online and you can become a very good homeopath, actually. You know? yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that's a real, real positive. And that's the world over. I, I, we all know, certainly, you know, you, you yourself will have, have experienced this, that for a majority of homeopaths, since um, 20, 2020 on, onwards, um, certainly the, the world has opened up in the sense that consultations are very much online all over the world. And that's such a positive. I, I think that's just brilliant because it's opening up more doors for people to be able to access homeopathy. And the same with the from the education point of view as well. If somebody wants to just do an introductory, uh, introductory beginners course in homeopathy, just so that they can become a home home prescriber, it's there. The option is there. You know, for a few bucks or whatever it is, you know, you can you can do a, a simple diploma. And start using, like you mentioned, you know, start with Arnica, start slowly. That That's empowerment as well, isn't it, into well-being and healthcare? Yeah, I mean, when I studied homeopathy, you know, at one time I said with at the New England School of Homeopathy, I would have to leave my home hours ahead of time to drive, to mm. attend a class, sleep over, you know, um, take time away, have someone watch my children. When I studied across the country in California, I had to go away for six days, fly across the country, pay for the plane fare and the, now you don't have to do it. I mean, that to me is a new miracle. You know, nobody has to go across the, you know, the pond to get <laughs> to England or Greece or France to study homeopathy. And even if you love the homeopathy schools in England, you could study with them from the U.S., from your bedroom. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's fabulous. And, you know, I do know that the National Center for Homeopathy, we've made a decision that our conferences, um, so long as it's financially possible, because it costs a lot more to do it this way, but we will try as often as possible to have our conference be both um, in-person and virtual. Because there are so many people who benefit from the reduced cost of a virtual conference. They don't have to pay any airfare. They don't have to play, pay, you know, they don't have to hire childcare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, at the same time, it is important for us to have occasions where we can meet with each other. Mm. I mean, I, I love to go to conferences and my number one reason is to see other homeopaths or other people interested in homeopathy. Increasing my understanding of homeopathy and improving my practice is number two. But being able to share in a community is, is number one. It's very, it's very special nowadays now that none of us are doing that. Yeah, it's indeed, it's very, very important. But on the other side, again, you're, you're opening up the door of accessibility so where exactly. those who perhaps weren't able to travel or it, you know, there's all these costs involved as well and time and everything that you've quite rightly mentioned so it's the world is the possibilities are endless aren't they it's so so good and it's bringing people together even though 
it may not be physical, but certainly, you know, that the, 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 the energy vibrations are there and everybody is there, even if they are digital, you know. <laughs> right. So it's, it's interesting that you mentioned, you used the word accessibility because that's one of the cornerstones of the National Center for Homeopathy. And, oh gosh, in the U.S., we have such a problem nowadays. I, I don't know if the statistics in the U.S. are very different from other countries, but we don't have any national health service. So, and the medical costs have skyrocketed in the last couple of generations, couple of decades. And we have so many people in the U.S. who cannot afford health care. And um, this is where homeopathy really can provide such a service to people. I mean, you know, the, when you think of someone who has a child with a high fever who has nowhere to turn except the emergency room, then if they know a bit about belladonna or aconite for fever, and, and I'm not saying to use homeopathy by yourself in your own house, you know, when it's beyond your skill set, but if there's something you could turn to, imagine how much stress we reduce from the average person's life. So one thing, the National Center for Homeopathy is about to start a huge fundraising campaign to, in honor of our 50th anniversary, which is next year, 2024. And one of our top priorities and a passion of mine in particular is to translate our entire website and all of our educational materials first into Spanish and then into other languages because the immigrant population in the U.S. is skyrocketing right now. Mm. And if we're talking about accessibility for people who are underserved, it behooves us to reach out to this population. And I think for many years, at least in the U.S., I don't think this was so elsewhere, but in the U.S., homeopathy was appreciated and practiced by kind of like the, the hippie holistic movement, which is wonderful, but it can't rest there. It has to move on. It has to move into other communities. I just recently did an introduction to homeopathy uh, talk in a church. And it was wonderful because nobody had heard of homeopathy. Nobody had shopped in a health food store. Nobody had um, been to, you know, like the open center. And so it was a whole new group of people. And I was thrilled to meet them. And I think that's, that's the next step in our evolution is reaching out to communities that are new to us and don't, that don't look like a typical homeopathic community. That yes. will be my joy if we start reaching out there. I'm sure you're going to be very, very successful in that. And it's, of course, exemplary uh, in itself. You know, you said something really interesting about the healthcare system. And a lot of people uh, in the States are unable to afford healthcare. And it's not even a niche market. You can't say it's niche. It's This is such an amazing um, opportunity because as far as homeopathy is concerned, we know it's climate friendly. We, we know it's sustainable. We know it's... Uh, Financially, I mean, it's because it's pennies compared to, you know, other uh, potential treatments out there. But more importantly, and you use this word actually about ease, 
and removing the anxiety from everyday healthcare. It's so powerful to have remedies um, at home, a first aid kit, let's say, with Arnica and Bryonia, whatever it is, you know, the, the Ruta, Hypericum, and that everyday ailments, acute ones, um, can be resolved. So you've removed stress, you've removed time, you've removed the anxiety, or even, God forbid, the trauma that's associated with anything like that. And that's just a good thing. I mean, wow, that's just amazing to be able to be in that position, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me of a dream I have. I have several dreams, but this is one that you just reminded me of. When I go to a very conventional person's, if I, if, if, if I did this, if I went to their medicine cabinet, I know I would see aspirin. I know I would see Pepto-Bismol. I know I would see a variety of things that, everybody has in their home. Wouldn't it be nice if we had the equivalent with homeopathy? If you had Arnica, if you had Calendula, if you, just a handful of remedies, not a million, not, you don't not to treat everything, but something for an, a bump and a bruise, something for a stomach cramp, something for a leg cramp, these are not fancy schmancy remedies. Mm. These are simple remedies that are easy to select and easy to use. If we just had something like that, as you you know, as you just you reiterated, if we could lessen the stress, I mean, we live in a stressful world. How kind would it be if the average parent, and it could be a mom, it could be a dad, it could be an auntie, it could be grandma, if when a child had an ailment or a teenager or a sister or brother, if you could just say, well, let's try what I have in the, in the, um, in the medicine cabinet. Let's just give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We can always go to the doctor or whatever, but let's give it a go. And oh God, wouldn't it be wonderful if even 30% of the things responded. It's 30% less stress. That's pretty good. Interestingly, that takes me on to the motto of the National Center for Homeopathy, and you okay. are, of course, president of the board of directors. And that says, dream big, change lives. So I've linked that very nicely, haven't I, to, to your use of the word dream. Well, there you go. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> now, as far as I'm concerned, when I look at the socials, certainly, the National Center for Homeopathy is doing an incredible amount of work as far as promoting homeopathy, uh, bringing awareness to homeopathy, but there's so much more. So do do share some of the work that's actually going in um, and what you're involved with personally. Okay, so I, building awareness, advocating for access to homeopathy, and building the homeopathic community are our strong points. And that's what we that that's our mission, and that's where we put our energy. So let's just start with education alone because that's really our cornerstone. So we have a quarterly magazine and which is available to people living in the US. You can get if you become a member, you get a printed version of the magazine. But even to our members who live in other countries, um, as far away as you, you, you can imagine, we send them a digital version. 
And the magazine includes it's 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 our most highly rated product of the National Center for Homeopathy because it includes articles that touch upon very current situations. In other words, we had several magazines that followed issues related to COVID during the you know pandemic. We've had issues related to um, trauma when we've had various you know violences in across the world or or wildfires or storms and whenever there's been an upswing in you know the allergy season or the whatever it is our art our articles are very current um and they're available in print and online later on or people can go on our website and look and see the benefits of membership but to stay with the magazine, the articles are so well-written. Amy Rothenberg is one of our most popular authors. Miranda Castro has written for us. And uh, Karen Allen has written for us. Some excellent homeopaths who write in a manner that's very easy to absorb and very easy to uh, learn from. Our conference, we have master teachers for people who are professional homeopaths, but we also have sessions for uh, we have a complete track for people who are new to homeopathy or home prescribers, so that if you're at the very beginner level, we still have something to offer you. And I know that um, some people complicate the homeopathy worldwide by saying, well, I'm a classical homeopathist. I'm a professional homeopath. I'm a, I mean, I'm a practical homeopath. There are lots of different ways to practice homeopathy, lots of ways to analyze a case. And the National Center for Homeopathy welcomes everybody. We support everybody. So we will have instructors who teach in all these different means of prescribing so that if you want to focus on one method for a while, you can do that. If you've been focusing on one method for a long time, and now you want to branch out or see, hmm, maybe I can get better results if I learn something else, then you could do that. And it's kind of like a, the one thing we ask all of our attendees is be respectful, and take a deep breath the second before you go to judge somebody. Because there's lots of different ways to learn something and there's lots of different paths people take. And we really trust that each person will find the path that's right for them. Very beautifully put. And in fact, it leads on to the fact that that's what makes homeopathy so all-encompassing because it's you've got different artists and different artistic styles, but the paintbrush and the palette and the colors are there. It's just which one do you choose to paint your portrait, right? Well, that's beautifully put. I might steal that from you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's 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 very true. And um, you know, people. I th I think people's paths are surprising. You know, I was speaking to one homeopath who told me when he heard the way one person analyzed cases, they thought it was complete hogwash. And then they tried it for a while and they had much better results. So um, judgment is a very good thing to put on the side. And openness is always the path to take. 
that's uh, so eloquently said, and that's actually so, so true. I don't think I've met anybody in the world of homeopathy where I have not learned something. And um, I do get, I, I'm sure you get asked, I get asked, you know, are you a classical homeopath? Are you, uh, what type of homeopath? I said, I'm a homeopath and I have a really big toolbox. And depending on what you need, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Um, but I can't tell you exactly what that's going to be at the moment. You know, it depends on how your painting is going to evolve this journey, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that's the beauty. That's actually a beauty. It doesn't make homeopathy complicated. It actually makes homeopath homeopathy for the practitioner. It makes it individualized. It makes it personalized. And that's beautiful because it, there's no barriers. You can be as creative as you want and help people. I mean, it's, you know, when it comes to serving humanity through homeopathy how beautiful isn't it that you can yeah. your style your skills your way of prescribing which may be very different to others which usually is the case of course and um but the results are, are endless timeless yeah 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 now that takes me on to something very exciting as far as the national center is concerned you have your 50th anniversary uh, the Joint American Homeopathic Conference, which is in Virginia, in April 2024. And something big is happening there as well. And that is something called Introducing Homeopathy, the film. You are part of that. So do share, because this is a big deal. <laughs> yes, this is a very big deal. And we've... Um, so Introducing Homeopathy by film is not new. There have been other people who've tried diligently to introduce homeopathy to the world using film. And as yet, the films have not caught on. And Kim Alio, he has a reputation for really offering high quality work. When uh, through his organization, um, there, there's a lot of lectures and teaching programs, and they are the finest across the board. He hires excellent homeopaths to teach what they are good in. And you know, if you're going to take a course through Whole Health now, you know it's going to be a good course. So Kim Leah came up with the idea that he wanted to um, create a film on homeopathy together with the entire homeopathic community. So he reached out to homeopaths in innumerable organizations from innumerable countries. And he has, and he hired top-notch filmmakers, which is Kim's style. And um, there've been infinite um, takes and infinite interviews and from them, the best of the best of the best have been selected. And the film promises to really introduce homeopathy in an exceptionally professional way to the world. And there are many people who are backing it and who are contributing to it and who are in it. And um, the National Center for Homeopathy was so excited about this that um, because the National Center is a not-for-profit, you can make donations 
for the film through the National Center for Homeopathy. That's mm. how much we want to help support it. So um, rumor has it that you'll be interviewing Kim Elias shortly. So I encourage everybody to hear that interview. Um, it's, it's introducing homeopathy, the film, and um, it's a fabulous product. It, it really is. And, and you, you, of course, are involved in that. Now, last question for you. Do you get time to relax? Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> well, um, I'm not so sure you can call them hobbies, but I have four grandchildren. That's that's uh, that's a blessing. <laughs> so I, I actually that's funny. I'm not so sure I have hobbies anymore. I have blessings. Yeah. So I have four grandchildren that I adore, and there's nothing better than grandchildren plus nature or grandchildren plus arts and crafts projects, or grandchildren plus cooking. That's Those the are... best life. That's indeed the best life. Um, Dr. Laurie Grossman, it's been an absolute delight. And I know that you are going to come back in a few months' time, nearer to the conference, certainly, and you are going to talk more about the conference. It's been an absolute honour, and I really look forward to talking to you very, very soon. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I, I truly appreciate the opportunity. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together. Don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk. Until next time, stay safe and take care.